2: Neil Young has demanded his music be taken off Spotify because of podcaster Joe Rogan, quote, spreading fake information about vaccines, end quote, proving podcasters all suck. Hi, kids. It's the Chad and Cheese podcast, the sugar in your coffee. This is your co-host, Joel Rockin' in the Free World Cheeseman. And this is Chad, heart of gold, Sowash. And on this week's show... Office Space isn't just a 90s film classic, and You Ought to Know isn't just a great 90s lyric. LinkedIn's Fake Menace, and ZipRecruiter introduces us to Phil McCracken. Yeah, that'll kickstart the stock price for sure. Let's do this! Okay, listener,
1: how can you help your employees become more productive? I have answers. How about automating?
2: <laughs> seriously, though, seriously. Text kernel cuts through the complexities like a tortilla chip through some hot nacho cheese. Oh, my God. Really? Nacho references
1: already? Anyways, text uh, kernel brings efficiency and productivity to your operations. Text kernel seamlessly unifies your tools and data to
2: drive efficiencies and success. Text kernel is creating new opportunities for your recruitment journey
1: Get ready to use today's tech to drive efficiencies and productivity. Visit techskernel.com. That's T-E-X-T-K-E-R-N-E-L.com. Mmm,
2: nachos. (laughs) Rockin' in the free world. Neil Young is he's putting his foot down.
1: He's like, no, fuck this. This is this shit's not going down with my name on it.
2: But uh, yeah, did, you, you saw this, right? I did. And and listeners will know that uh, Spotify gave Joe Rogan 100 million. Yes. Uh, probably not knowing that artists would start leaving the, the platform. But uh, here we are. Yeah. Well, in a quote from a letter
1: written by Neil Young, uh, quote, I am doing this because Spotify is spreading fake information about vaccines, and he's talking about Joe Rogan's podcast, mm-hmm. potentially causing death to those who believe the disinformation being spread by them. Please act on this immediately Take uh, today and keep me informed of the time schedule. If you mm-hmm. take a look at Spotify today. All of Neil's shit is off, unfortunately. Uh, And also last month, 270 doctors, physicians and science educators also signed an open letter Mm -hmm. asking Spotify to stop spreading Rogan's baseless
2: claims bullshit. Bullshit was my part. (laughs) So do you think this spreads into other things like I mean, look. Apple Music has podcasts, I'm sure, that have people talking about vaccines and mistruths and conspiracy theories. Yeah. Like, are people going to get off Apple Music? And Google has the same thing. I mean, if you go to Netflix, people are mad about uh, Dave Chappelle's latest comedy (laughs) act. Do people start saying, like, pull me off of Netflix? Or is this sort of a one-off? Well, first off, Chappelle,
1: what he said didn't kill anybody. So, I mean, they (laughs) killed me with laughter, baby. We've got apples and oranges happening here. Uh, Not to mention most of those other podcasts probably don't equal Rogan's estimated 11 million listeners per episode. There's a huge difference. Apples and oranges on, you know, Tommy and his local podcast talking about uh, how, you know, he's taking Ivermectin uh, versus Rogan saying it, it there, there's just a, a huge a huge difference now do we see other artists actually follow suit i, I don't know i don't know but it, it is good to see somebody like i mean neil young has always been an activist right and and this doesn't yep. this does not surprise me
2: well chad for my money we're not we haven't made it until some artist says i'm off this platform <laughs> because of the chat and cheese podcast <laughs> spreading just regular bullshit
1: talking talking about uh, putting
2: the expectations high <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jesus. And, it, and it better be uh, Justin Bieber. Uh, anyway, <laughs> <laughs> shout outs. Should we get to some shout outs? Yes, a lot a lot of shit going on this, yes, this week. It's yes, crazy. Yes. Okay, so my first shout out. I wanted to bring this uh, to to everyone's attention. So my son Cole is 15, which means he can legally work uh, in a few places. There aren't a mm-hmm. lot of companies hiring 15 year olds. Right. Did, now you, you worked before you were 15 though, right? I was 15. I worked at the high school that my parents worked. Okay.
1: Just kind of getting an idea of when you actually started working versus kind of like when
2: our kids did, right? Yeah. But I cheated. Like my parents oh, worked yeah, in the high school. Too. So yeah. for summer, I changed the, the locker combinations so I actually knew everyone's locker combination. Anyway, I won't go down that wormhole. Okay. So there are four employers that are around here where we live. Uh, most are nationally recognized. And I decided to apply for my son, which was a nice little exercise in how people apply for jobs. So the four employers uh, that that my son applied to was McDonald's. Okay. Culver's, which is a little more regional. It's a burger place, uh, sort of Wisconsin flavor. You can get cheese curds there and everything, but good food. Uh, Chick-fil-A, and then Subway, which makes fine Subway sandwiches. Yes. So I'm going to rank them from worst to first and just give you like a little summary of how it was. So the worst, the absolute worst application process was Culver's. Culver's was sort of old school, uh, which I was fine with, uh, for a while. And then they got to the end and they wanted my social security, number, oh, no. which is awful. I mean, a lot of kids oh. don't even know their fucking social security number. Yes. Uh, so that was like a major, eh, I'm out of here. So yes. that was, I was out out on that one. Number two was Subway okay uh subway did localize it i could apply to multiple sort of uh subways near me so i could get one application to a bunch of different stores right they did ask for like references uh which if i'm 15 i don't know if i have a ton of references other than my history teacher or something uh but they asked for and required it i couldn't just skip it for a subway for making subways i needed some references (laughs) at 15 years old they did not ask me my age, which was interesting. Most of are asked if I was at least 15. So okay. I applied to Subway; it was fine. They sent a little uh, email. Um, I'll, we'll see if I hear from them. I haven't heard okay. from them yet. It's been a few days. Gotcha. Number two is going to go to Chick Fil A. So Chick Fil A mm-hmm. was a little a little standard. Um, you know, put your name in, da da da. And they even the hurdle for them was they requested a resume be uploaded or like text. And I simply put in, I don't have a resume. I'm 15. <laughs> sort of just see if you know is 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 supply that short that they'll they'll contact me. So I applied within probably an hour. I got a text saying we'd love to set up a Zoom interview with you. Do you have any availability this week? So I a few messages went back and forth, and uh, my son has a Zoom interview today after school with Chick fil A. So we'll oh, see how hello. that goes. That okay. was that was a pretty good that was pretty good experience. But number one yes. was McDonald's. Okay. McDonald's, as we know, uh, is a Paradox company. Um okay. so I chatted with Olivia. Okay. It was very interesting. So Olivia was like, Hey, what's your name? Where do you live? Uh what are you looking for? They, they took the basic information. 15? Yeah. Yeah. It was yeah. it was if I was fifteen. Oh yeah. No. Felt like an organic. Okay, this is how I use the my mobile phone and the no. web because I use my mobile just because uh, I wanted to get that experience. Yeah. So uh, within, actually, during the process, I went through some pre screening questions, which weren't many. So McDonald's is hurting for people. Uh, it was like. <laughs> Are you, are you, can you work in the U S are you at least 15 years of age? Do you have transportation? Okay. You're good.
1: That's all they need to know anyway, though. Basically. Yes. Basically.
2: Yes. So, so after I passed the pre-screen, then it said, we'd love to bring you in for an interview. Here's, I don't know, three or five days that, and times that work, do any of these work for you? So (laughs) we have a, we have an interview with McDonald's on Monday of next week. So we'll see how that goes. But, is that on site or are you doing zoom? That one's on site. Okay. Uh, Chick-fil-A is on zoom. This one's yes. on site. So, gotcha. <clears throat> but McDonald's, the application and the chat bot experience and all that was, was solid. Nice. Then Chick-fil-A, they contacted me with text. Uh, Subway was sort of, eh, we'll see what happens. And then, uh, Culver's, Social security number. Come on, dude. Seriously. That's stupid. And they use a company called Talent Reef. Yeah. Talent Reef. I don't know if it's the default on their on their system or if companies yeah. request that. But yes, Talent Reef was their ATS. And apparently they work with a lot of other uh, fast food places. So shout out to Mickey D's for being number one. Do you
1: think that they only went through this, this very shortened process at McDonald's because they're hurting for people or because that's really just the information that they need? Maybe it's both. It could be.
2: It could be. I think if you're dealing with teenagers, that it should be as organic to what they know and as quick and easy as possible. When you get to like, what's your social security number? like? I'm, I'm going to McDonald's. I like, don't think it that's... needs to be even teenagers.
1: It's for that position, period. So if I'm 30 years old and I'm applying for just a basic position at McDonald's, you I don't care what your fucking age is. We don't need all that shit. What we need is this. And that's it. I don't mm. need your prior experience or, unless you're looking for management, management position. But yeah, no, I totally get that. That's cool. I think the
2: chat might throw off some older people. I don't know. You weren't thrown off, so. Well, I'm really smart, so.
1: <laughs> All right, shout out to Rick Richard over.
3: At- Doesn't anyone notice this? I feel like I'm taking crazy pills.
1: Rick Richard, CEO over at Staff Up, for the amazing 15 year Haitian rum that he sent. Did you Did you get yours yet? Yeah, I'm allegedly getting some. Okay, we'll, okay.
2: I'll, I'll report back next I week. I don't. I don't think you deserve any, night. but anyway. <laughs>
1: I had a taste of mine last night, a little straight and then some on ice. And it was pretty magical, very buttery, uh, Mm. very good. So I really, really enjoyed
2: that. Now, you're not generally a rum person, are you?
1: I'm not. No, I'm not. But I I wanted to taste it much like we taste bourbon. I don't want to put Coke and all that other fucking shit in it. I want to be able to get the taste of the actual alcohol itself. So that's why I went straight. And then I did uh, with a little ice. So it it was really good. Thanks, Rick. Appreciate it, my man. Big shout out to Maya Huber, CEO over at Skillset uh, in Israel. Robbie Shaw, CEO over at Hello Hire in Toronto. And also, thanks for listening, Barb Hyman over in the land down under. She's the CEO of Predictive Hire, and she's also been on firing squad so everybody keep listening keep sharing and thanks for listening
2: yeah she kind of came after me on linkedin this week i won't go into that but yeah she's she's feisty <laughs> she she's a feisty you. aussie as if there's anything
1: i think she was looking for me when she was coming
2: after you but yeah yeah you might have gotten the same heat that i got the same smoke in in my message box yeah. anyway okay yeah. um that was a lot of shout outs uh, so shout out for me to craigslist yes they're still around. So AIM, our buddies at AIM reports, Craigslist revenue was up 17% from a year ago thanks to huge jump in recruitment ads. AIM estimates Craig made $660 million in revenue last year, <laughs> a 17% increase from 2020. Damn. Double-digit percentage bump stops a two-year slide that saw Craigslist top-line drop from more than $1 billion in 2018. You might remember we talked about that to five hundred and sixty-five million in twenty twenty. Traffic continues to slide, however, but job postings brought in one hundred and fifty-two million in twenty twenty-one, a year-on-year bump of nearly thirty percent. Gig ads also brought in ten million dollars up seventy-five percent. So, Craig, shout out to you, buddy. You live on. Yeah, and if and if you're not currently
1: uh, getting like an AIM Group newsletter, or I mean, they've got some great business intelligence in our space. Go to aimgroup.com.
2: By far the best global perspective on everything markets, whether yep. it's cars, jobs. I mean, it yeah. Fantastic. Yep. Fantastic. I don't know if you know or not, Joel, but
1: the Chad and Cheese podcast is now available on audible that's way too classy for us isn't it audible they're creating their own podcast content and I knew it would only be time mm. uh, before they started styling you know Chad and cheese as well. Oh. It's kind of like one of those things where it's like we can create some of this content and you have to be on Audible to listen to it. But we really yeah. need the 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 mass effect of uh, all of those other podcasts.
2: Yeah. Are they an Amazon company? Yeah. Well, so they have money. Anyway. Yes. Speaking of money, shout out to Twitter. They launched NFT approved. Profile pictures this week. So if you have a board ape NFT, a crypto punk or whatever, uh, you can add it to Twitter and uh, your profile pic will be a hexagon as opposed to a circle. So virtue signaling taken up a notch by Twitter. I saw that Gwyneth Paltrow just bought a board ape and added it to her Twitter account and she has like 3 million followers. So anyway, NFTs are a thing and Twitter's helping it be a thing. So shout out to them.
1: A big shout out to Michael O'Dell. That's right. He registered for free stuff finally, and he wants to know where his fucking t-shirt is. Man, our listeners are spoiled. They're very demanding. Where's my free shit? I get texts and and messages asking why they haven't won beer or bourbon yet. First off, you got to register at chadcheese.com slash free. And then be patient, Grasshopper. Be patient. Yeah. It's it's hilarious. I don't know how many people I've received messages from, and my response is, did you register? Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, oh, what? Oh. <laughs> yeah. I know you're giving away free shit, but yeah. So I'm just supposed to know telepathically
2: to send you shit. That's
1: not how it works, kids.
2: And Chad, where do they go to get free shit? And who's sponsoring our free shit?
1: You got a Chad Cheese dot com slash free or just dot com and click on the free in the upper right hand corner you can get beer from pillar HR it's it, it's delivered right to your front doorstep bourbon from sovereign slash our buddies over in the, the Netherlands text kernel Love and it. last but never least get one of those sexy ass free t-shirts all provided by emissary dot AI baby
2: by the way, we're doing a, uh, a live show sponsored by Pillar here locally uh, yes. at an Indianapolis brewery called Sun King. So if you're in Indianapolis and you want to join us, uh, hit up Chatter or myself. We'll send you uh, an invite and, and get you into the show. So that's exciting as well.
1: There are only so many seats. So yeah. we, we can't promise that you're going to get in. So you better be quick. Hey, I'm cool with standing
2: room only. <laughs> I'm having gr- uh, delusions of grandeur anyway because yes, uh, yes. I want to play Madison Square Garden someday as the Chad and Cheese podcast.
1: On to events. Are, are you ready for in-person events finally? A little bit. A little bit. Okay. Okay. I'm ready
2: for some human interaction. You know, I'm a people person, Chad.
1: We're still working on getting some things pulled together for Unleash in Mm -hmm. March. So I'm pretty excited about that. Early May, we're going to be in Belgium for the e-recruitment congress in Austin, Belgium. Go to e-recruitment-congress.com. Check it out. If you're in Europe, be there. Yeah, we
2: better see some Euros at that show.
1: Yeah, there's no there, there's no reason you, you shouldn't be there. Uh, and then July at Nebworth Park in England. It's Wreckfest. Uh, this is going to be a one-day event. Joel and I are going to be emceeing the Disrupt stage, which is the tech stage. And
2: you can go to recfest.co.uk and get them tickets. Love it. And podcast from the week, we had Firing Squad with B Remote. Let's just say the guns came out from one of us on that one. And we had a great European show as well. So check those out. Birthdays celebrating uh, this week and into next week. Don Sabatino, an old agency guy. Happy birthday to him. Friend of the show, Josh Zwayne. Ooh, Jay Z. commonly known as Jay Z, is apparently celebrating the Big 4 0. So uh, happy birthday to him. Gloria Okino, Ed Forever Team Chad Zatuski. <laughs> Our boy in Philly celebrates birthday. Matthew Miller, Nicole Adamson, Frederick Patton, Deborah. I'm going to butcher this. And I actually did go to the LinkedIn profile to see if the audio was there and it wasn't. So this is Deborah (laughs) Zangarten, I'm guessing. Adam Bergen, Ivan the Irish recruiter, Stojanovic all celebrate birthdays. So love it. Thanks for listening and happy birthday. Ed is so John. I'm telling you. So, John. Topics. Topics. Oh, Chad, it's a unicorn alert. Is that a dick in a box? No, it's Darwin Box. The India-based human resources management software service has achieved unicorn status. After a $72 million Series D funding round totaling $110 million to date, the proceeds will go towards market expansion and product innovation as well as sales and marketing. Darwin Box is also set to launch operations in the U.S. this year and double its total workforce. Currently, around 75% of its business comes from India and 25% from other Asia and Middle Eastern countries. The company claims 650 client companies in India and abroad. It operates out of 12 global offices with over 700 employees and has 1.5 million users from 90 countries and expects to achieve profitability by 2025. So, Chad, are you thinking inside or outside this box? (laughs) Stay out of my, my box. That's what she
1: said. Seven rounds of funding to get to 110 million. I mean, this was, this was a slow roll and boil for them, although they obviously are seeing uh, great growth. And, and the human capital management industry needs these young startups to upset the, the, the apple cart, no question. The quote uh, from the article Despite the pandemic, Darwin Box grew significantly in Southeast Asia while India has been a strong market for it as well. The six-year-old startup gets about a third of its revenue from Southeast Asia, while the Middle East contributes only about 6 to 7%, but the bulk of the revenue is from India. Um, my question is, why rush to the American shores? I mean, why, why open up another battlefront? Remember when Germany opened up the Russian battlefront in World War yeah. II? You just can't sustain – all of these battlefronts. And when you come to the U S it is the biggest one you're going to have to open yeah. and you're going to have to put more resources there than anywhere else. So I don't understand why not own the areas that you're already doing well in Yeah, as opposed to, you know, trying to spread yourself too thin. I, 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 be, I believe, and tell me what you think that the, the main investor or one of the main investors who is an American mm-hmm. and Invested in Netflix and Airbnb, they are probably pressing for this. I, I personally don't think it's a great idea.
2: Yeah, yeah. When I first heard about this company, I thought it was like a monthly box of goodies that employers <laughs> get, like Birchbox. Like I thought this was an employment box that you would get every month. Anyway, I I totally agree with you. I mean, uh, they've been around since two thousand fifteen. They've grown organically. There is a billion people in India and some of the other markets that they serve. Yeah. The site looks it. I mean, the site looks really simple and like just visually they can't come to the U S they like redesign the whole fucking thing if they're coming to the U S and, and we talked about handshake last week. Yeah. We talked about how the fuck, like, so you get to these points in money. We're like, okay, we're going to take on college market. Okay. We're going to do virtual job fairs. give us more money. And then it's like, okay, what are we going to do next to raise more money? And in handshakes case, it was, we're going to take on LinkedIn. I think in Darwin's box box's case it was we're going to take on america so give us 72 million dollars um obviously a lot of investors were pretty excited about that mm-hmm. wrote a check so i think it's just like where's the growth coming and it's a really easy answer to say like well if we just tackle america and get five percent of the market and ten percent over five like so you start doing the math but yeah investors don't think far enough along like You just can't make it in the U S like you just culturally uh, visually uh, there's too much competition, too many brand names that people trust. Like this keeps happening and it's going to keep happening more and more as, as European businesses, Asian businesses look to grow and make more money. They're going to hope to grow in the U S and good fucking luck as we've seen throughout the history of the show and the history of Mm -hmm. our careers, it doesn't usually work out very well. So I'm not real bullish on these guys coming to any anywhere really outside of their their base, their lane. Like, stay in your lane. There's a billion people in yeah. India. Like, well, there's enough business there to make a mint. I don't know why you would think about coming to the U.S.
1: Spread into Europe. Yeah. I mean, you know, they say currently 90 countries. Well, get penetration and sustainable Africa. growth- in all of those, yeah, right? I mean, I it's agree. just, I, I, I do agree that, you know, America is a huge pot of gold. There's no question. But the biggest problem, once again, is when you already have 90 battle fronts, per mm-hmm. se, you're fighting the, the battle on 90 different fronts. Don't open a huge front like the U.S. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Uh, so good luck to Darwin Box, and yes. uh, if if they need growth, they should just send out boxes to employers with <laughs> with sweaters and shoes and D- stuff like that. Darwin Awards. Anyway, <laughs> Austin, Texas-based Office Space software, which is also one of the cities the movie Office Space was filmed in. Announced an approximately one hundred and fifty million dollar strategic investment. The Office Space platform lets companies simplify how workers use and interact with their workplace, manage desks and room bookings, and maintain social distancing. Office Space recently launched a service called Neighborhoods, which is intended to manage a quote new hybrid reality and quote helping businesses get their workers back to the workplace. Chad, is this Office Space open for business? Or are you going elsewhere? Just as long as you don't take my stapler. So
1: this comes from a single investor with $150 million, Vista. And Vista is a pretty damn big name. Much to your chagrin, Mr. Cheeseman, Mm -hmm. uh, Airbnb (laughs) is not going into the office based business. So companies need to figure out their back to office slash hybrid work strategy. Mm -hmm. The the only thing though is I believe that this will be big. There's no question. Companies do need to to re think, understand whether they want to do hot desking, how many locations do they have? I mean, there's just so many different options that you can provide to your employees. But I think much like Peloton's window of growth during Mm. the pandemic, the office space recalibration window will be much shorter than everybody thinks. So I I do think this will be big. I just don't think it's going to be big for long because it's not going to be necessary.
2: Yeah, if anything, we're hearing stories of people uh, reducing the amount of office space that they need uh, because of work from home. I mean, we we talked about this in length, but look, there's going to be a certain number, a certain uh, universe in companies of people who want to be at work more than others, uh, or if at all, um look younger people probably yes. want to be there and get mentored and have interactions that they would normally have whereas old right. people like us just want to stay in our slippers and sweats <laughs> um but then you have executives and how they interact so so yes There will be office space, just like there are still newspapers. Uh, They'll be smaller. They'll be a little bit more agile, uh, a little bit more techno-focused and uh, distance-conscious. So, companies like this, uh, you know, there'll be a place for them. Is it an amazing growth opportunity? Like you mentioned, Peloton and Zoom and some other uh, pandemic success stories. I I don't know if the growth is going to be there for this. Uh, Now, they may be one of the few that do it, uh, so leaving... Not much competition, but I think you and I are much more uh, bullish on companies like WorkChu, which we which we've yeah. spoken about that give workers wherever they are access to restaurants and hotels to be able to work at at tables and guarantee a Wi-Fi connection and guarantee a, a plug-in and give them free iced tea and free coffee while they're there. Like I think that is a much more dynamic business than something like this, which is just trying to sort of salvage uh, the old world office space, um, and make a profit from it. So yeah. Yeah. success. Sure. Business. Sure. Huge success. You know, the next Apple probably not.
1: Yeah. Well, I think office space transforms dramatically, especially with apps like work to where you're meeting individuals, uh, in hotel lobbies and restaurants. And because these are now new workplaces that you can go to, Mm-hmm. And you start to build these new tribes, these new cliques, these new, whatever you want to call them. Right. Uh, So you do have the connection to your business, but you're not at the water cooler with them every day. Or, you know, you, you prospectively could, you could be going in a few days a week to the office, but the rest of the time you don't want to go. Maybe you work from home or maybe you work from, you know, a hotel lobby or something more swanky, who knows. Mm -hmm. But I think we have to think differently about how we collaborate. You always ask, and I think this is a great question, do you think that the iPhone could have been created uh, in a hybrid workforce? I said remote, not hybrid. Okay. Remote, (laughs) sorry. In a remote workforce. Not today because that's not how our brains work, because that's not how we've been trained. Mm -hmm. Could it be in 10 years? Oh, fuck yeah. I think we could actually do much better, much faster remote and or hybrid. Yeah, I think we're moving in the right direction, but I don't think that office space per se is going to be around for long.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I mean, some really good companies use this service. So there's obviously something yeah. there.
1: Short term, though. That's all they're going to need.
2: Short term, short term. Well, uh, I don't know. Speaking of short or long term. Uh, next in the news, London-based jobs platform OTA, O-T-T-A, has secured $20 million in Series A funding. The startup is now planning to expand its U.S. presence with an on-the-ground commercial team and double its product and engineering team in London. Interestingly, angel investors include Indeed's co-founder, Paul Forster, Alex Bouaziz of Deal, Ben Herman, formerly of Canvas, now at Ken Ventures, and the two dudes who founded and run Beamery. The company takes a data-based approach to matching candidates with vacancies at tech companies, drawing on such information as founder bios, employee reviews, salaries, and industry specifics. Sort of like a crunch base for job search. Chad, is this a company you, you, you ought to know? Or is this just rain on your wedding day? Yeah, this is to me is kind of a jagged little pill. I like that. What stood out to me were the
1: investors. Uh, so I took even more time, went to the website because mm-hmm. uh, I wanted to actually go through the process. Uh, the website itself. Looks like an old backdrop to the the dating game back in the seventies. <laughs> number one, number two. As soon as I landed on Ada's website, I saw the tagline "Your calling is calling," and I about shit because remember that Monster. was the tagline that Monster used yeah. <laughs> for 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 a fucking Super Bowl commercial. So it's almost like you're trying to shoot yourself. In the uh, foot,
2: right? Uh, good catch.
1: And then you get into building profiles. So uh, they ask certain questions around building, you know, your profile. It took about mm-hmm. ten minutes, and, and and really it was kind of like a skinny profile, more of like what your wants were, not really as much of a profile. Then they don't use the LinkedIn API, so you've got to go to LinkedIn to get your profile PDF. You've got to load the PDF into ATA. and then it only pulls over the titles of my career history. Mm -hmm. So then you have to take, I don't know, another 10 to 20 minutes, which I did not do, to add three bullets to all of those things. So none of this seems revolutionary, mainly just the UX. It seems like it's trying to take historically shitty unstructured data, being the resume and job description, and break it down rather than trying to parse my LinkedIn data. So to me, I don't see anything special here yet. I, they They're trying to say that, you know, they're the crunch base of of, you know, jobs or people or whatever. I, I don't see that. They also talk about, competing against LinkedIn, I don't see that either. I see because they're, they're not a network. I yeah. see them competing against zip. Any other job board in the world. In, indeed. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. It's uh, the crunch base thing was amusing because when indeed came out, it was like, we're the Google for jobs, which yeah. I think a lot of people got, I think people made that connection, but to say yeah. we're the crunch base is, will be confusing for a lot of people considering Crunchbase is sort of this niche site of how many companies get money and whatnot. So yeah, to me, like a job board, um, I don't know. OK, number one, I don't know why anyone would launch a traditional job board today. Uh, there's so many other opportunities to make a lot more money um, with technology and AI and and hell, the metaverse would be more interesting than doing another job board. But to me, it needs to be an IQ test. Like it's so like, you know, head, hand on the forehead, like dope. I get it, right? So when Monster came along, it was like, okay, newspaper ads on the internet, it's way cheaper. You can have unlimited space. Jobs reach across borders like, oh, shit, that makes sense. The second one was Indeed. Oh, mm-hmm. wait a minute. One place to see all the jobs. Oh, shit, that makes a lot of sense. And then you had people copy it and and do the same thing. I got no, oh, shit moment with Ada. And until they do that, I'm I'm not... I'm not buying. Um, aside from the fact that they have some pretty interesting angels. Yeah. I mean, Paul's a pretty smart guy. Whether he sees an acquisition target or a flip on this company, or I don't know uh what what he bought into, but um I'm at a loss. To me, it's just another help wanted sign on the uh on the you know, digital world. And uh I also hate the name. I think odd is stupid. <laughs> like let's take a break and get to uh LinkedIn and ZipRecruiter. Do it.
1: Human resources is supposed to be about humans. I mean, it's right there in the name. But when your hiring team is more like an assembly line glued to their computers, manually posting heaps of jobs everywhere they can think of, that human part feels nowhere to be found. This is a new era. Pando IQ takes the mind-numbing copy-pasting and nerve-wracking guesswork out of the job posting process. When you plan a hiring campaign with Pando IQ, you tell us who you need. Then, before you ever spend a cent, we predict what it will cost to find them. Pando IQ chooses the ideal recruiting sites from thousands of options, targeting the ones your next great hire frequently visits, then fires off your ads at precisely calculated times, surfacing the most relevant applicants for you to pick from. Now you're free to get to know the best talent, build great teams, and take care of your humans. Pando IQ will do the rest, so you can get back to doing what the computers can't. For more information on Pando IQ, go to... Pandologic.com. that's
2: pando all right dude linkedin is in in the news and on our show again this is from jan tegzi he's a future guest for our european show so make sure you tune into that anyway he says uh, linkedin has a fake profile problem you're kidding right jan gives us seven reasons why this is happening including email spam Sticking it to LinkedIn's connection request limits and catfishing, your favorite topic. Uh, Chad, fake profiles certainly can't derail the LinkedIn Cash Express, can it? Which leads us to the boring news before we get to the commentary. So Microsoft Corp reported revenue at LinkedIn rose 37% year over year to $3.53 billion in the company's fiscal second quarter ending December 31st, an increase of 36% as measured in constant currency Microsoft noted that LinkedIn's growth was growth was driven by advertising demand in its marketing solution business which increased 43% year over year and by an improving job market in its talent solutions business LinkedIn keeps printing money but yet, dealing with these scandals, Chad, fake profiles. What you got?
1: LinkedIn's not going to do anything about that because it does nothing <laughs> but bolster the number of profiles and ensures startups buy even bigger packages with more seats. These these startups are creating fake profiles. These companies, these startups, are creating fake employee profiles mm-hmm. so that they can buy more seats to get beyond the uh, per seat limit. Uh, for recruiters, right? So they're gaming the system, but they're gaming the system with LinkedIn benefiting, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like telling Facebook that propaganda is being used by fake accounts, and then Facebook sees the accounts are spending money and ke- also keeping user it, users engaged with their with their bullshit info. But it's it's all about the cash, not the human cost. And I don't think that LinkedIn sees this as a real problem. I've submitted several fake accounts over the last year or so ooh naughty naughty none of them have been returned or have have uh, actually received a response back about uh-huh. the fake account being removed because i mean they just say hey just go ahead and block them cuz they'd rather me block them than yeah. them actually remove
2: yeah on the fake profiles, three things really stood out to me. Uh, so number one is companies are starting fake accounts to make it look like they have more employees than they really do, which is either genius or really stupid. I'm not exactly sure which, but I I mean, obviously if you're a startup, it sounds like fraud. It's total fraud. But if you're a startup, you get on to lose, right? Like make 12 fake accounts, give yourself a CTO, a CFO, some developers, some salespeople. Uh, And then you look a lot bigger than you were initially. Uh, So that I, I, I didn't think that that was a thing. So apparently that is a thing that that stuck out more than anything, uh, Number two, you know, show me a LinkedIn limitation and I'll show you a strategy to get around it. I think they traded one form of spam for another. So instead of a legitimate account, sort of automating uh, a thousand requests, connection requests a day, you get a thousand fake accounts requesting, you know, 50 a day or whatever the limit is. So they traded one for the other. Uh, And number three, what does this do? So nobody gets hurt, but I'm curious about this. All these sourcing tools that rely on these profiles, if there's a growth in fake profiles, all these sourcers, salespeople, whatever are reaching out to folks that don't exist. At some point that has to come back to LinkedIn, doesn't it? Doesn't that hurt them on some degree if Yeah, but if they don't get responses
1: from those fake individuals, then it's what they're used to anyway. Just move on. <laughs> yeah, this is a this is a just move on kind of kind of scenario. And it plays into LinkedIn's earnings. But I mean, remember when we used to sit back and look at monster earnings and ask, how in the hell is this relic still making fat cash while Indeed and Simply Hired, they're not gaining traction, right? We, we always have to remember those days because the HR recruitments, this industry moves so slow. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there are obviously because we talk about them every week, there's so much more competition today than there was back then for a monster. There's so much more competition for Zip and Indeed and LinkedIn. So from an earning standpoint, yeah, these are all great numbers, no question. But again, it's, it's a slow mo- moving iceberg that's melting.
2: Yep. So everyone, when your LinkedIn account rep calls you for your annual renewal, ask them of that growth, how many are fake profiles and see what the answer is. And let us know what the answer is. (laughs) Please. Speaking of Zip, uh, have you met Phil, Chad? I have. He's a lame motherfucker. He's lame dude. Uh, needs Needs a new hairstyle. Anyway, so there's a new commercial from Zip that touts someone or something named Phil that'll get you a job. Powered by Zip Recruiters AI technology, the company says Phil learns and improves with every interaction you have with him, so he's always getting smarter and always finding new ways to help you get hired. Phil welcomes users on the site saying, quote, as you look for jobs, I'll be your strongest ally, constantly seeking out new opportunities for you and helping you stand out to employers, end quote. Chad, Zip stock dipped below $20 a share this week near its IPO price. Phil can save them, right?
1: shit Phil can't even get it right when it comes to creating a goddamn profile so <laughs> it, at first Phil seems hyper local because they only asked at first about my desired location and you can't choose remote that's on mm-hmm. the first screen the second one you go to the next the, the next page and then it asks again for desired location right this is this is like amateur hour shit and then there's a box you can check for remote work Mm-hmm. So at first they ask you one thing and they try to box you in and then second, they ask you again and then again, it just makes no sense. Then it's, it serves up five jobs that mm-hmm. you can thumbs up or thumbs down where it's trying to teach the algorithm something It's going to take more than five. Uh, but then you can upload your resume to their profile builder. And guess what? You just have to reenter the same <laughs> shit.
0: Oh, hell no.
1: Fuck Phil. I mean, Phil to me is just another ploy to waste my damn time. Yeah. If I give you my information, parse my fucking information, load it into your system, and then have the system ask me related questions that that, mm-hmm. that go to more of my contextualized data. This is the same old shit being served up under uh, a new name. And this name is Phil.
2: Yeah. <laughs> And the old name used to be Jeeves. Remember Ask Jeeves? It was uh
1: <laughs> He was more helpful we're I dating think.
2: ourselves on this show for sure, but Ask Jeeves was a, I guess a mascot for a site called Ask Jeeves, which was a search engine. Which turned into Ask. Yeah. Jeeves Jeeves was just a mascot. He didn't really actually do anything, which I kind of feel like Phil is. Like, is he a mascot? Is he He's not a chat bot. He's not like an interface to con- converse with. I'm just I'm really confused by this. So I went out looking for some commentary uh, that wasn't mine. So I'm going to let the words of Dan Reich an, an, <laughs> an every man who jots his thoughts down on medium. Excellent. Okay, encompasses. So Dan said of ZipRecruiter's Phil, quote, ZipRecruiter has managed the impossible, making the job hunting process even more dehumanizing than it already is, end quote. My man then went on to translate Phil's automated messaging in this way, quote, Hello, you've replied to an inbox that has never had a human look at it. I can understand how you might make that mistake. We made you think there was someone named Phil taking an active interest in your career. So you did the logical thing and tried to send Phil, in quotes, an email. It happens. What you apparently fail to figure out is that we are going to text you links to every open position within a thousand miles of you, regardless of what industry it is in, because this is a numbers game and we intend to win. And we're totally willing to manipulate you into behaving the way we want, end quote. Bravo, Dan Reich. Bravo. Bravo. (laughs) And you wonder
1: why companies like Ada think there's an opportunity because they see Companies like Zips who should have things tight, they should have their system tight. They should have these these different, you know, chat bots or whatever they are. They should have them tightened up because they should know the industry. And when you see something this bad, you've got to say, well, yeah, there's definitely gaps. We need somebody to fill
2: those gaps. It's a crazy time, Chad.
1: Doesn't
3: anyone notice this? I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. And speaking
2: of crazy, let's talk about toad venom after the break.
0: and wasted spending. And hello to optimized, automated campaigns that produce qualified applicants. At Acquire ROI, we make job advertising easy. Visit us at AcquireROI.com and start transforming your talent acquisition today.
2: All right, Chad. Yes. This is from our friends at Town & Country Magazine, one of your favorites. <laughs> A recent article asks... "So I get all my good recipes. Why is everyone smoking toad venom? <laughs> Clickbait? Probably, but stick with us. Pot? And LSD are so yesterday. Now there's a weirder, wilder new drug appearing on the menu for money types in search for mind expansion. The Toad. Known as Buffo, I think I'm saying that correctly, named after the venom of the Sonoran Desert amphibian. Toad venom is a drug you would apparently not want to take more than a few times, but celebs like Mike Tyson and Chelsea Handler swear by it. Hunter Biden, has described it as a salve in helping him kick drug addiction. Until recently, it was so obscure the U.S. government did not list it as a controlled substance until 2011. One user said within seconds of inhaling the buffo, all of a sudden I was seeing prisms and geometric shapes and I felt like I was passing out but not in a bad way. I started to drift into something. A different world was opening up. End quote. Sorry Chad, this is not a party drug. Things can go terribly wrong as they did in 2020 when a Spanish porno actor was charged with the murder of a fashion photographer during an ill-conceived buffo or bufo ceremony. Obviously, I haven't done it because I don't know the name. I think I'll pass on this one and get a beer. How about you?
1: Yeah, it's interesting because they try to, I think, demonstrate parallels between mushrooms and this toad venom, and and the big difference at least from a time standpoint is like, if you're on mushrooms and you have a trip on mushrooms, it's going to take hours. Mm -hmm. Uh, Apparently, at least from what I've read and what I've seen on YouTube, which was. Yeah. Chad and I had a little like viewing party. It it was, it's like 15 minutes. It's like a 15 to 20 minute trip. So when you talk about the, you know, the, the, the the mushroom trip, which is going to take hours, got to be a guided tour. This is a guided tour, but it's like
2: 15 to 20 minutes.
1: It looked like something I did not want to put myself through. (laughs) Let's just
3: say
2: that. Yeah. Adults barking at the moon, uh, needing support from like three people watching them so they don't kill themselves. I love the one with like everyone had a pillow to like cushion the the legs thrashing and the fist pumping. Like I'm good. I'm good, folks. I'm good, folks. Although the Tyson interview was fun. He died.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. The Tyson interview, you can check it out. Look at Buffo and Tyson and on YouTube. The article starts out, off with in Southampton, soccer mm. moms drop their kids off at school after taking their thrice weekly microdose of psilocybin mushrooms. Then meet for oat milk lattes. <laughs> the question is, how do I get into that group? Right? I don't want to be into the, the I don't want to be in the fifteen buffo
2: group. I want to be in that group. I'm pretty sure Portugal has that group. Oh, <laughs> uh, this is a hell of a show. Frog venom, everybody. We, we are- out.
3: Thank you for listening to, what's it called? A podcast. The chat. The cheese. Brilliant. They talk about recruiting. They talk about technology. But most of all, they talk about nothing. Just a lot of shout-outs of people you don't even know. And yet, you're listening. It's incredible. And not one word about cheese. Not one. Cheddar. Blue.